Welcome back to the Recruiting Guy podcast. I'm Richard Davenport with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, OogSports.com, and uh, thought we would hit on uh, a topic that's uh, very, very uh, popular nowadays, especially with Arkansas on a roll and in the recent uh, victory over LSU, Coach Sam Pittman, and uh, try to find out a little bit more about him as a person and a coach, and also uh, find out uh, why this individual thought that he should be the head coach at Arkansas and was a big supporter of uh, Coach Pittman uh, coming to Fayetteville as the head man. We're talking about Travis Swanson, All-SEC, All-American Center at the University of Arkansas. And uh, like I said, a big supporter of and very vocal about his support for Coach Pittman being at Arkansas. And first of all, uh, Travis, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. I know it's been a minute since we've uh, <laughs> we've, we've connected and talked, so happy to be here. Before we get into why you thought uh, he should, should be at the University of Arkansas and why he'd be a good fit, you remember going back here first impressions of coach Pittman when you first met him when you was at Arkansas as a senior yeah I do you know thinking back to those days we we were clearly at that time you know the state of the team was in shambles to to say the least with clearly the transition from coach Petrino to John L and then John L you know kind of moved on and you know we were just kind of like oh man what's going to happen and uh you know coach Bielema came in and yeah, I remember reading some of the headlines about, you know, who might be the O-line coach and so on and so forth. And when I saw the one that uh, we hired Coach Pittman, I was just like, you know what? I didn't really know a whole lot about this guy. Did a little little research on him. Obviously had an extensive background. A lot of a lot of guys go on to the NFL, which was exactly what I wanted to do. So I was like, hey, we might get along, <laughs> might get along uh, if we can make this thing work. And then I remember he called me, I want to say a couple days or so after he got hired officially uh, and just, you know, introduced himself. I think we spent maybe 15, 20 minutes just kind of talking on the phone, getting to know each other here and there. And then I want to say after that conversation, give it, I don't know, two, three weeks, something like that. Finally went into his office and sat down with them and I'll never forget. And everyone that, that knows him can understand this. I remember going in and sitting down and it was like, I already knew him for the last 10 years. It was just like he had this way to melt all the barriers and all any awkwardness that there could have been. He's a people person. I think that's why he's such a good recruiter. So from the get-go, even that first in-person meeting I had with him, uh, he was talking to me about you know some stories that he had back in the day of guys that he had coached, and especially some of those guys that were from Tennessee where he just came from, and you know, philosophies and things like that from a football standpoint. So I think from very early on, I was like, hey, I, this we haven't been on the field yet, but I, I got a feeling this guy knows what he's talking about. Were you sold at that moment, or were you sold on him later on after getting to know him a little bit more? I think I think he gets sold, and there's two different versions to get sold on. There's the person and the coach. The person I was sold immediately just because of how he is and who he was. When I first met him, I was like, I can tell. And I have a pr- pretty good radar typically with this type of stuff, uh, reading people. I could, I could tell that he was a good person. Now, you know, conceptually on the football side of things, we would talk about stuff. and You can put, you know, pen to paper, draw on the whiteboard as much as you can, but that, that doesn't really do enough justice until you really get on the field. At the time, all the concepts and, and philosophies and techniques he was talking about sounded great. 
Uh, we just needed to see how is that going to transition over to the field. So I remember, you know, we used to have mat drills is what we called it early in the morning and whatnot, where we could finally get on the field and do some stuff, individual uh, drills and whatnot before spring ball. And that's that once we got on the field and I could, you know, kind of get some real experience going sort of through the motions of what he was preaching the clearly noticed at work. And I was like, okay, this guy is the real deal. I need to attach myself to his hip as much as possible. Cause I really only got, you know, technically 10 months with him. How would you describe his coaching style? Great question. I, I would say he gives you more confidence than what you probably should have. And I think he does that in the sense of, you know, humans, you can naturally sense when someone genuinely cares about you and you can get that sense from him when he's coaching you. And then he has this really, really, really unique way of taking things that are so or tend to be so complicated and so technical at times and just dumbing it down to one or two things that says, do this and do this and it will work and this will work, this block will work or whatever the case is. And you do those one or two things and by golly, it works. So getting you to play fast along with those other things, I, th- I think is, is key to what that is. Fondest memories playing under him for one year. Oh, geez. My fondest memories. I remember right before, I think I've, I've said this before, you know, right before my last game ever, you know, we were down at LSU. It wasn't looking good. Um, clearly, <laughs> I was not going to... Uh, it was not going to make a bowl game. So I knew this was it. And I remember we're, you know, we'd already gone out on the field and, and done our pregame, you know, warmups and all that stuff and come back in. He got like, you know, 15 minutes or whatever for captains roll out. And I remember um, he typically would leave all of us to kind of be, get our minds right, right before. But, you know, this game, he, he came over, I was sitting in my locker and he kind of said, hey, kind of like nudge me and said, come on like follow him. So I follow him and, you know, we go out this sort of side door on the locker room and he's, he's leading the way, you know, once we go out this door, he turns around and I can tell he, he uh, had some tears in his eyes when, when he turned around and he was giving me a huge hug and he was like, I'm so sorry that we weren't able to make this more special for you. And he gave me this bit, the biggest hug I'll, I'll never forget. And I said, coach, this has been the best year that I've had. I don't care about that that record. Would we have wanted it to be better? Yeah, we would have wanted it to be better. But just who he was, who that coaching staff was, given the circumstances, you know, in that sort of rebuild phase, I will have really that moment in time burned into my memory. You kind of said some of the things that uh, would lead you to think that he would be a good head coach for Arkansas, but what other things that convinced you that he was the right man for the job? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would say this, he, he has this canny ability to get people to buy into who he is, which that's what I, you know, me and Skipper at the time when we were talking about stuff said, what, what is one thing that this program needs? And it's not another Jones Center. It's not new field turf. It's not, you know, all the resources they got. They need someone that can come in here believe in them, get the guys to buy in and develop them the right way. And so, you know, in my head, I was just like, I know one guy off the top of my head that really fits that mold that is just not going to be on anybody's radar. He won't. So, you know, what if we, what if we toss a little gasoline out on old social media just to get people talking? 
just because at the time, uh, Razorback fans weren't talking about a whole lot of positive things, wasn't a whole lot of chatter going on at that time. So, you know, we, we, we do what we did and um, never expecting anything to ever come of it. And we, and I've said this before and I'll always say, it, you know, we never got coach hired, coach got coach hired. All we did was just get fans talking just because you had, you had all the big net, you know, the quote unquote big names that are out there that everyone was looking at, which is funny because he's beat all them. And then for it to, to shake out the way it did, you can't help but just kind of smile at it. What was your reaction when you, you knew he was the guy? <laughs> I remember seeing the headline come across and just like, well, no, I think what I saw was, you know, one of these, I don't know how they track this down, said that there was some, some plane leaving like Bentonville or Rogers Municipal Airport going to Athens late at night. And I was just like, is that a coincidence or is that just kind of, I don't know. And then I think once word got out, the Razorbacks kind of had their feet to the fire and had to come out with something. I remember seeing the tweet or whatever it was. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this came to be. Honestly, had no idea. And I think it was all fate. It was meant to be. What was the first conversation like when you talked to him as a head coach? <laughs> it's funny enough. So <laughs> we, uh, so my wife's business, uh, you know, she has a marquee letter rental business. She actually set up at his like opening press conference and stuff. And I helped her with it. So, you know, we go down, set her letters up and whatnot. And I, I tell Emily, my wife, like, hey, let's go pop up. I mean, just to see if he's in there. You know, I'm not assuming we're going to see him. She's like, you never know. So, you know, we go and he surely enough, he's in there. And so I give him a hug, but it is about, you know, he's, he's getting pulled from 40 different directions. People trying to talk to him. He's trying to, you know, take care of a bunch of things. So just hugged him, said, loved him, happy for him and Jamie. And and that was about it. Then he went up and it clearly had the press conference that, that everyone's seen. You hit on Jamie and talking to recruits over the years uh, that uh, obviously Coach Pittman has been recruiting, several of them would always mention Jamie. And, <laughs> you know, obviously you've been blessed to get to know her and I've been blessed to get to know her fairly well. And and she's an a- asset to, to Coach Pittman. There's no doubt about it. What is it about Jamie that makes her the perfect coach's wife? Oh, just such a sweetheart. Such a sweetheart. And I think she also understands the recruiting game and sort of the role that she can play in it, um, as opposed to just being sort of another coach's wife. She has that sweetheart type of aura about her that I think, again, kind of like how Coach Pittman has, breaks down a lot of those sort of barriers and stuff that you just feel welcomed right from the get-go. What was your first impressions of her when you first met her? Uh, same thing of Coach Pittman. I was like, how can you not like her? Like, it's just everything, everything about the both of them and the fact that they had this massive bulldog, which at the time I always wanted a bulldog. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, big, you know, 80, 85-pound bulldog walking around. I was like, this is unbelievable. But no, I, I loved her the moment I met her. Um, she's been so good to me and my family. This kind of hit on the NFL career. You had a five-year uh, NFL career with uh, Detroit and uh, the Dolphins. Obviously, the game is uh, different because the level of play is a notch or two above, obviously, the even SEC level. How, how's the game similar and how's the game different uh, from college to NFL? Yeah, um, great question. Uh, I would say it's similar in the fact of – 
you know, the SEC, specifically the SEC West, you know, like your mentality going into every week is you are playing the best of the best. There is no question about it. You know that. So you're never really surprised by a whole lot. Same thing for the NFL. You get into the NFL and you're like, okay, these guys clearly are the best of the best. So there's definitely some correlation right there. For what is different, really kind of a handful of things come to mind. I would say number one would be third downs in the NFL are by far the biggest difference. You know, you you get the third and five plus most teams are going to bring in a whole different defensive line package of a bunch of guys that are on that team specifically for that scenario. And that's all they get paid to do. That's it, which opens up a whole world that you do not see, especially in the SEC West. That was a big eye opener for me when I got there, just because it took naturally took took time to kind of get used to that. And I think the the second biggest surprise that I had or realization getting into the NFL, I probably truly realized this my second year in was that football wasn't really football anymore. The NFL was more of just a business because I cannot tell you the amount of teammates I had in the NFL who were phenomenal football players. Unbelievable. Should have made the team, should have been starting, but didn't or didn't play because of maybe politics, uh, contract decisions, guys that didn't, you know, didn't want to hit a certain amount of playing time and contracts so the team didn't want to pay him. I mean, just like these crazy scenarios where, like I said, it hit me that football was not football anymore. That took a while for me to get used to. Did that take some of the joy away? Uh, at times. Yeah, it did. Um, because you, you think back to, you know, what is, what's the reason you even started to play football? You know, you're, everyone's got their own reasons for me. It was, I was big, trying to burn some energy. My parents stuck me in it and made a bunch of friends out of it. So I just stuck with it because I thought it was fun. And then you you try to shoot for the you know the the quote unquote pinnacle of what the game is to get there, and just realize that for football not to fully be football anymore, it's just kind of it can deflate you at times. It's really it is unfortunate, but I don't I don't want it to sound as though we never we didn't have a good time. We had a great time in the NFL. I think your your perspective especially someone that sticks in it a while, is very different when you leave it versus when you go into it. You were married to Emily when you were in the NFL. I mean, how difficult is it for wives? Because the time it's so time-consuming, especially during the season. How was that for her as far as an adjustment, uh, I guess? <laughs> I got a great story for you. So we... Uh, you know, we were, we were, like you said, clearly married. We, we got married in March right before the draft. So kind of in that dead period and, you know, draft day comes and, um, second day I get the call, you know, we're happy, ecstatic, all that stuff. We go to bed that night. I didn't really find out about this story. I don't know, maybe two years after come to find out Emily was apparently just bawling her eyes out that night. And she's telling me this two years later. I'm like, what, why, what is going on? It was a great night. We're all happy. She goes, and, and mind you, she's from Cabot. Went to the University of Arkansas. Never left the state of Arkansas. Doesn't really know how that stuff on the outside of the state looks. She's like, I just went, you know, I, I got on Google Images and just typed in Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> I just, I was just like, why in God's name would you do that? <laughs> it's going to show you the worst of the worst. But we loved it there. I mean, we were 
on the west side of the city and and it was a transition for her and she speaks to a lot of the girlfriends or spouses of guys that are going in going into the nfl now because she lived through it and it's a tough transition it really is but at least the team the teams that we were on specifically with the lions they had a really close wives group um, because uh, they all recognize they're in a pretty unique scenario that not a lot of people can uh, relate to them. So they all they all bonded together really, really, really close. Who's some of your former teammates at Arkansas in the NFL that uh, you still stay in contact with? Oh, geez. Um, uh, Frank, Skip, I've texted Hunter time to time again, try to stay in contact with Brandon Allen, uh, Yelda, I text Yelda. Uh, every now and again, just to check in on the guys, just because, like I said, you know, I've, I've been there. <laughs> uh, I've been in the middle of the season where bodies beat up and times are tough for, you know, whatever reason. Team's doing good, not good. You playing good, not playing good, whatever the case is. Uh, and just check in on those guys and say, hey, man, how you holding up? You brought up a, something that kind of leads to this. Talk about the difficulty of the game on the body. And were there particular times when it just, whoa, you just didn't know if you could go on? Yeah. Yeah, there, there are numerous times. And it's interesting. You know, every year that went by in the off season specifically, I found my body would take longer and longer and longer to get back to quote unquote normal which was a tough thing to do. And, you know, you get a few years in, especially starting, it's hard to get your body ready from Sunday to Sunday. I mean, it's a tough thing to do. Uh, I mean, majority of your week outside of practices, you know, soft tissue work, massages, cryotherapy. I mean, just to get ready seven days later. So it, it clearly dangerous. Everyone knows that. But the thing that really hurt the players was these Thursday games. And not even really the Thursday games. When I was in Detroit, we played on Thanksgiving, which was Thursday at noon or 1245. So to go from a Sunday game to a Thursday night game, you're losing technically seven hours when you went from a Sunday game to a a Thanksgiving game because it's not Thursday night. So we all go into that Thanksgiving game specifically, just like, my goodness. I mean, you are pretty much gambling at this point with your body. But the thing is, is, you know that going into it and you're going to do the best that you can to stay healthy. Cause if you got, you get on the other side of that Thursday game, you can get roughly about 10 days off, which helped out quite a bit. But as I said, that is, you know, that is in the fine print metaphorically in the contracts that you sign. And that's just a risk that everyone's willing to take. I tell you what, you know, it as much as I do, some guys after they get out of football, especially linemen, they go either one or two ways. They let themselves go and put on a lot of weight, or the other side is they lose weight and they they look great and you look great. What was your mindset as far as from a physical standpoint after football? I would assume you were where you want to be as far as a, from, from physical shape and stuff because, like I said, you look great. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'll, I'll say this. I always had a really hard time keeping weight on. So for years, I would have to eat seven meals a day. I mean, just disgusting amount of food to make weight, keep it on, try to you know, build size, all that stuff. So naturally, when I'm when I got done, I just ate just like a normal person. And it, you know, a good portion of it kind of fell off. But I will say this, you know, the way in which we retired and how we did it, you know, kind of really abrupt and out of nowhere after our first daughter was born. There were times really early on, and everyone goes through those kind of dark phases of, you know, trying to figure out what's next, where we're going to go, that kind of thing. It doesn't matter how together you have it or not. 
there were days really early on where I would, you know, kind of walk in front of the mirror and I would still see myself, you know, 300 pounds. And so I guess I got this idea of like, well, what, what if I just lost a ton of weight where if I saw myself, I wouldn't think, hey, you need to quit playing football. So I lost quite a bit of weight really, really fast. And it really, it didn't fix that. I still had that. I, I still had that thought early on, but now I just lost a ton of weight. But for me, my, my driving motivator on that now is, you know, I, I recognize and I'm a realist of, and then you played this game for 22 years and you played the same position for 22 years. You've done some damage. I mean, we can't hide that. So what can you do now to kind of stay ahead of things? So, you know, for me, it's a daily goal. of every, I think of every meal I eat that's good or every time I work out, that's just another half hour I'm buying myself and my family down the road. So if I can sort of stack those half hours, you know, who, who knows how long we can extend this thing. You and Emily have two beautiful daughters, and now you're a financial advisor in in, in uh, Northwest Arkansas. And your mom and dad, Gina and Todd, also moved to, to Northwest Arkansas, and she's doing very well in the real estate business. Was it always a given that you you guys were going to come back to Northwest Arkansas, or what? <laughs> no, not really. I, I always wanted to come back here. Emily did not. You know, she when, when she heard Northwest Arkansas, she automatically thought of Fayetteville. And, uh, you know, we, we had clearly been in Fayetteville, went to school there, all that fun stuff. She naturally wanted to go to kind of like a Dallas or Houston or Nashville, big city, because she, she didn't have that growing up. So, you know, we, we retired, came back here, initially had a two to three year sort of transition plan of like, hey, we'll be here two years short term and then go to one of these places once everything kind of settles out. Well, funny enough, you know, it, it had been a while since we had been up to Benville Square, roughly about five years or so. And one day we, you know, we come back and Emily always wanted to find a town that was just like the town that we lived in, in Detroit. She just wanted to find it in the South somewhere. And we go to the Benville Square one day and she's looking around. She goes, oh my goodness, this is it. I mean, just because so much had developed around there. That is what got her to get on board with staying in Northwest Arkansas, which is just, it's funny how things always work out. So yeah, we're in the area now. We love it. Uh, Like you said, parents, uh, out in the uh, Goshen area, East Fayetteville. So they're close by. It's uh, and I actually, funny enough, I got family moving out from the West Coast out here now. So everyone's kind of migrating here. It's a special place. I know you know that. No doubt. And boy, you're right. Bentonville, that downtown square, just the area in itself is just awesome. And my wife and I have talked about maybe moving that way. But uh, uh, one last thing, you're still involved with the program. Uh, The uh, video breakdown with uh, Matt Zimmerman, that's been well received and you obviously do a great job with that. Just talk about that and being able to work with Matt. Matt's uh, Matt's as, as good as they come. Oh my goodness. Such a good guy. Such a good guy. He's an amazing co-host. And you know, it's funny how all that really came to be. I got a call from Bo Mattingly early part of August and been a little bit since we talked and he goes, Hey man, you know, I got kind of this idea. Uh, you want to come in and shoot, you know, six uh, breakdown analyst videos of last season. And I was like, yeah, like, heck yeah. You know, it's been a while since I kind of scratched that itch. Would love to kind of keep that muscle going. I'm all in. So, you know, we go and we shoot the six videos. Um, and I guess, you know, they'd cut it up however they however they did and talk with him and Jason Carroll after the fact, you know, they then wanted to turn that into kind of a weekly thing going forward. And I was just like, Yeah, sign me up. I'm in. I'll give you I'll give you an hour of my week every week. I love this stuff. And we got into it and I've enjoyed it so much. I've enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would, honestly. 
uh, I look forward to that hour every single week just because, again, it scratches that itch. Trying to just kind of show people, slow some things down a little bit as to why certain things happen the way they do. Just because, I mean, as you and everyone knows, these plays, they're bang, bang. I mean, constantly going. It's very easy to miss some things that are just so intricate. Travis, I always say this. Uh, one of the best parts of my job is uh, being able to get to know the prospects and end up coming to Arkansas, getting to know the parents and the families. And it's been a blessing to be able to talk to you and uh, get to know you over the years. And And I thank you so much for uh, just being who you are and uh, the opportunity to, to have you on, on the podcast and get uh, some great Great info on Coach Pittman and the NFL, your time at Arkansas, and I really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate you having me on, and you've been so good to me and my family all throughout the years, especially that you know that first camp that we came up here, and you know I kind of did what I did that got this whole ball rolling. You uh, you've been there from day one, so can't thank you enough. Well, I'll never forget that either. It was a special moment. But uh, thanks, buddy. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, down the road. Yes, sir. Let me know when y'all are up here. Definitely will. That, that's it uh, for this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We're going to take a break uh, for uh, the Christmas holiday and New Year's holiday. And we'll be back in January with another podcast. But until then, thanks so much for listening. <laughs>